0: Welcome to our show, Film Talk with A.J. Dean. I'm A.J. Dean, your host, and we have such an extraordinary special VIP guest tonight. We have Roberta Degnor. She is an American author, filmmaker, and psychologist. She's written such wonderful books as Until You See Me, and Invisible Soft Return. That's just a few of her titles, a couple of her titles that she's booked, she, that she's written. She's an incredible writer and author. Uh, she's an artist. She's traveled the world far and wide on many adventures. And we're gonna talk about her wonderful uh, independent films and her wonderful books. Let's give a warm welcome. Hello, Roberta. Welcome, my love. How are you?
1: Hello, AJ. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to see you. It's wonderful to be here
0: oh it's so i was looking so forward to this roberta because i you know you're very popular and you have lived as an artist the life such a cool life everybody has basically wanted to live the life you have so let's let's talk about let's go to the beginning a little bit um go back a little bit to new york You rented a a loft in New York. Is this where it all started, or did it start before that?
1: It it really started a little before that because um, in Detroit, which was which is a great place to be from, um, I was influenced by the civil rights movement, and even before that, I had um, my my cousin Joe was an artist, and he would take me with him to jazz clubs and things as a I was practically a child, a, a young teenager. So living on the Edge and kind of being um, never quite fitting in a third generation, you know, Italian immigrant family. And at that time, right, although it was okay, but there were still the names around, you know, uh, Guinea, WAP, whatever. So I knew I didn't, you know, fit in. And then in Detroit, uh, during the civil rights movement, I, I did that. I was, I was active in that. And then um, when uh, my my mother found out that I w- that I came out, it was like, "Oops, time to leave," because I was getting three. I was getting thrown out. So that's what I went to New York for freedom, like so many other people. The only freedom to be, you know, gay or whatever, but uh, to to be in this mecca of literature and art and freedom in a lot of ways. So that's what got me to New York.
0: Wonderful. Now, being how did it feel being a part of the civil rights? movement. I mean, you were right on the edge. Uh, this was the protest of the day. The whole uh, country was in an uproar, and you were uh, parading and speaking and representing for voices that needed to be heard. Tell us about how important that was for you, Roberta.
1: That That was very important. At that time, I was going to Wayne State University in downtown Detroit, in what was called at that time, the ghetto, right? (laughs) The inner city, the ghetto. And uh, uh, so it was easy to make friends with and be part of the, you know, uh, with people of color and whatever they were doing. We were all together in that. And in the psychology department, I was a young psychology department student. There was a a woman who um, kind of got me involved with that, and she became actually this is this is not known and i've i've not talked about this before uh she was the first airplane hijacker ever uh in detroit um because she wanted two panthers released who had been arrested in exchange for some other um uh prisoners. Well she is she is now deceased. But that was the first thing. And that was back, it must have been 1960 last uh, something, 66, 67. So with that kind of activism, different kind of than than today's, you know, just marches, where there is kind of no tangible end, we would, and I've you know said this before, I would help out by with the the Panthers I knew. There would be young men who had been arrested who needed to get out of Dodge, get out of Detroit quick. So I Put them in the trunk of my father's car and drive them into Canada, wow. uh, to a, a safe house there. Mm-hmm. So that
0: amazing. This is, you know, basically you were rescuing them, yeah. and giving them a whole uh, different environment so they could feel safe and comfortable. This is amazing, Roberta. Now, did you have any dangerous interactions with anybody, or did was it just low key and and you just drove there and. It was yeah, awful.
1: that no, it was easy. Those trips were like a t- yeah. touch wood. Those were those were easy. It went okay. <laughs> I you know it was a you know a, y- a young white kid and a nice. guy would borrow my father's Buick and a nice Buick and a nice car. You know, and usually mm-hmm. a, a friend would go you know go with me shopping. Where are you going, girls? Oh, we're going to go shopping at the bakery. There was like an Italian area there in <laughs> uh, Windsor. <laughs> you know? I love it. I love it. <laughs> it was great, but that was great. It was you know tangible action. Um today sometimes you don't get that. We do, you know, and I'm still active, but we do a march, we do a whatever, and we take our placards and signs and go home. Um so there there's a difference, but that's what got me in, into that that's in the civil rights movement. In New York it was different. It was um I got the loft on the Bowery, uh, and the kind of activism fell out for a while in the early what seventies and eighties then, or later in the eighties, really.
0: Okay, so I want to thank you for being there, uh, for voices that needed to be heard, and for helping in any way that you could, Roberta, you're such a beautiful heart, and you know, I'm always for the underdog, I always have been, and I know that you will appreciate that. Uh, because um, I've, I've been the underdog. I felt I have as well. We all, you know, we all have our own stories, but this isn't about me. This is about you. So let's talk about, you said that you came out to your mom and then you went to New York. So did you, did you, were you, was it suggested by your parents or did you say, Hey mom, I'm going to go to New York. How did that come about?
1: Oh, oh, yeah, oh, I wasn't that civilized at all. At all. <laughs> was not that civilized at all. Um, she, uh, she got uh, an attorney uh, to whom I had to go appear in front of me. Said, are, are these things true? Uh, because I was seeing a professor at uh, the university. And and he said, if so, she's going to lose her job. And I thought the, the better part of valor is to just straight up lie. I said, absolutely not. I said I don't know what you're talking about. I went home. I packed my car, and I left the next yeah. day. <laughs> so that was yeah. That was yeah. that. It's like oh, and I Rober- didn't speak to my family for like two years, and then things evened out after that.
0: Okay. Gee, you know, you really had to. You. It was. It's so sad that. Um, hopefully, it's better now. Do you think it's better now, Roberta?
1: For you know for it, de- it depends. I mean, look at all the trans kids who are getting murdered, really murdered and it's, mo- and it's mostly trans people of color to this day here in New York where you would think, oh, there's all the freedom and acceptance. No, it, it still happens. We've got you know this movement that we all see that's going as it's, conserv- it's not conservative. This fascistic authoritarian movement that's happening is affecting all of us. And as you said, we are all the other to someone. In somebody's eyes, each one of us is the other, you know?
0: Yes, we Um, are. And it's so true. Um, And today, there needs to be more protection for trans all over the world, um, because there's even some countries that are way in the archaic um, history, they're way, they don't even, there's no respect. It's just, it's really wrong. A lot of things have to change. So what do you think, Roberta?
1: Oh, they will kill you. Are you kidding? In in Iran and stuff, they will they will kill you if if you're trans, even if you're you're just gay. You know, that's you know an, another thing. Europe, this thing about how we look. If we break the the binary or the imagery, and this is why Hollywood is so important too, and why it's it's important to change the image. Or exp, excuse me, expand the imagery to see more people of color on screen, to see more people w- who are physically challenged on screen so that our eyes get used to it. And that's just a you know, really informal way of saying, you know, saying, you know we're we're just animals mm-hmm. and we're set up in our neurological system to respond to things that are different from us, right? It's like, like a, oh, is that animal going to come to, you know, to eat me or, oh no, that's a friend if we get used to seeing that, you know, when we were evolving on the plains of, of, of Africa, that's what it is. And now, if we see someone not like us, the other, our first response is, uh-oh, f- you know, fight or flight. Yeah, We're afraid of them. But if we see more of people who aren't like us, there's not that immediate kind of attack response or, or self-preservation response. So, yeah, we we need that. And this is how... I'm I'm sorry, and this will lead lead into, we don't have to go into it now, but this is why I developed the course I did here at Fashion Institute in the expression and perception of gender in fashion. Because as we were saying, you know, um, sexuality is not frivolous, you get killed for that. And fashion is not frivolous, because the way we look, as I was just saying about how we perceive that other can, can get us killed. Guys who wear skinny jeans that are too tight, you know and, and, you know, men who are in a dress, women who look too butch, it'll get you killed. Wow. So yeah it yeah. has
0: so, so much change still needs to occur. And I love that you wrote that course. Uh, I bet it's a uh, packed each semester. If I was there, I would take it. Um, <laughs> and, and I know okay. and, and I love that you have the psychology background. You're a psychologist as well. This gives you such a great perspective, Roberta, um, with your filmmaking and and in and life in general. So I just want to thank you for being you and for you are an absolute delight. You're one of my um, inspirations, Roberta, and I just I just want to say we love you so much.
1: Oh, thank you, and 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 I you. It's been a great meeting you and the others has been really transformative for me. And it truly has. And perhaps we'll talk about that. Perhaps not, we'll see. Okay, <laughs> okay. So
0: before <laughs> we talk about your great films, um, your independent films, which I love, um, let's, can we talk about a little bit about The Loft in New York? Now, uh-huh. you have some pictures at RobertaDegnor.com. Please check it out and go there and support Roberta. She's got wonderful links to, and photos of you know your life, right, Roberta? Mm-hmm. And yes, you've got pictures of your loft there. It's a really cool, it's wooden. it's got wooden floors. It's up. um you know, it's up on like the second or third floor, was it? Rivera? second
1: floor, yeah okay. with a, a roof extension of the uh, uh, the restaurant supply store underneath so that I could open my back windows and crawl out and have this tar terrace in New York, this twenty by twenty two tar terrace. Where I used to grow marijuana plants in those in those plastic plastic containers. It was great. <laughs> it was it. It, it was a great luxury in the city. But in in that loft, which was lovely, it was like, what, 75 feet long, 22, 25 feet wide. I mean, really just a long open space, 14 foot high tin ceilings, a classic old, you know, New York loft. Um, It had been, what, the Bowery Hotel before that, and then a glass rod company, because I found some boxes of glass rods, like, you know, like uh, towel rack glass rods. Mm -hmm. I found boxes of those in there still.
0: Really? Really? Wow. You know, it it looks like the perfect artist loft to, Mm -hmm. now, is this where you started writing and and creating?
1: Yes, I I did, because... um, I was starting. I when I, I came from Detroit. I still I, I wanted my degree. I wanted to finish that. So I got into graduate school at uh, the City University of New York in their really cool psychology program, really maverick pro, maverick program in environmental psychology, the design of space and how it affects behavior. Ooh, I love that! Really cool, really cool. So anyway, I needed money. I had walked out of the house, so I it was really, I got hit, well, I got hit by a car. This oh. was before I got to the loft while I was riding my bike. And this was on Christopher Street, believe it or not. And the guy who lived downstairs said, you can't just lie there in that neck brace and stuff like you've been doing for months. He said, you could, you know, you could write. And I said, what are you talking about? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he introduced me to a really good agent, Richard Curtis, still alive. And I started writing. He said, well, write romances. And I started writing romances to pay my way through graduate school. That's oh,
0: So were you a, uh, under a, a different name, a ghost?
1: Uh, uh, all a ghost? of them. All of them. That was pretty stupid because <laughs> I should have at least kept one pseudonym to build up a following. But remember, that was a different time. There wasn't the thing like like today where people say, oh, what's your platform? How many followers do you have? Yada, yada. Um, I, you know, I said to my agent, I said, no, I have a professional career to protect. You know, it's like it was, what, my second year of graduate school? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's
0: amazing. So, okay, so what were the, what, can you share a few of those titles?
1: Um... Oh, boy, if I can remember them. Uh, Woman of New Orleans, uh, uh, Gold Digger. Gold digger. Okay, that's good. That's a couple right
0: there. So that will get everybody's appetite, you know, um, a little bit of a taste there. That's so wonderful. And um, um, So Roberta, let's talk a little bit about your films you on the second screen here. We've got F stop heat beat and hair Z. Now I have seen these and they are incredible. I mean, you have you've ridden motorcycles you have you smoked cigars
1: no oh, okay. cigarettes. cigarettes has been my, my downfall but no it's
0: so so cool you've had a wonderful lifestyle traveling around you've you've done a lot of great great things and and i believe you've had a had a blissful life so um let's Achoo. talk let's talk about um your wonderful f-stop where did it come up from how did you think of the idea what's it about
1: uh. F-stop. The the film is an adaptation of my book, The Assistance of Vice, and The Assistance of Vice was a, a total break. I guess it was the yeah my first break from writing historical novels, because uh, The Assistance of Vice and F-stop is about um, the downtown New York scene in the early. 1980s late 1970s early 1980s when and that's when I was riding a a motorcycle living in the loft uh, living down in Soho before Soho was you know rife with like really cool galleries it was you know funkier galleries at at that time although OK Harris was open and stuff like that so I wrote about that about and I I always make fun of that time by saying well that's when cocaine wasn't addictive you know (laughs) (laughs) like we thought yeah great and they would deliver drugs to you wherever you were at a club or or anything and AIDS had not yet started and I think that that was the big thing and I wrote that book to talk about my life as a, a woman alone running around and enjoying the scene hitting the galleries hitting the clubs picking people up and dropping them you know doing all of that and then it starts um the first mention although I don't mention him because, and and this is part of the transformation, I've hidden in my books. So, and that's part of the pseudonym thing. And even The Assistance of Vice in its first edition was uh, with a pseudonym, Rosalind Dane. I kept my initials the same, R.D. The second edition now is under my name. And in that book, there was the beginning of AIDS and my friend Sam Wagstaff, who I didn't name in that in uh, F stop, and who I just you know glossed over and would not you know would not talk about, um, but that was about that time and though living in the loft before things got horrible, and it was before he passed. Well, just when he passed away, I finished the book, and didn't put much in it in it about that about how much that affected me you know when friends go even though he was older it's not like you know what we're expecting again the images we see on television and in movies it's like oh wow this is a friend you know this is this is not a mother or grandmother or whatever at least for me it's that made a huge difference you know it's like
0: absolutely absolutely and you mentioned um sam now was that um, the same Sam that uh, you were writing a book about with Robert Maplesthorpe—is that? Can you share a little bit about that with us?
1: Yes, a little. I, I met Sam the same year he met Robert Mapplethorpe in his loft. On, he was just uh, up the street. He had a loft on the Bowery and Bond Street. I was on the Bowery and Delancey Street. Um, a nice, grimy, panhandler walk up <laughs> to his place. Um and it's it's funny because my my friend at the time who who knew him and he he had done a favor for her in her work. She was a sculptor. She said, Don't talk to him. Don't only only speak if you're spoken to. It's like he's a curator. He can I'm like, okay, I won't say anything. You know, <laughs> and, and like, don't talk about your books. You can say you're in graduate school. Don't say you write those romances. I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> wow. So, right, so we get to Sam's loft, and there he is, this tall, handsome, I mean, like movie star handsome, uh, patrician guy, you can see what those chiseled looks, padding around his loft with holes in his socks. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Robert Mapplethorpe was there, a young, skinny guy wearing a horrible uh, skull bracelet that he wanted to redo, and that's why Sam had invited us because my, my uh, uh, girlfriend at the time was a, a metal sculptor so and it's funny she started talking to Robert Sam and I just hit it off from the beginning and it was he said well what is it you do he said in his deep baritone I i him going to school and I saw her look at me I said and I write romances <laughs> <laughs> and he was immediately intrigued he said well how do, you, well, how do you how do you find out that? I said, well, the research is really cool. And then we started talking about that, how, you know, if you're writing about uh, the Matthew Brady's studio down on Leonard Street in, in New York, what was going on at that time? Well, bands of roving pigs were the New York sanitation department at that time, you know, to clear up the streets yeah. and stuff. so. We immediately, and then and that's how it started. We would, I would tell him what I found out, and we'd share that. He was—he had a voluminous memory. So that's how that that started, and and I knew Robert, of course, through him for for years until they both. Well, I knew them for fifteen years until they both were destroyed by AIDS. I'm so
0: sorry. About that, uh, Roberta, and let's talk a little bit about AIDS. Uh, did you want to touch a little bit about AIDS and and how it is now? Is there improvements in it? And um, what's your opinion of it,
1: Roberta? It's it's in, well well now with all the um, you know they've got prep and all the the other. Uh, medications it's it seems to be a, a quiescence with with that it seems to be certainly not like the days before when you know back in 1982 83 85 uh it was like did you hear and that's you didn't even have to hear anything beyond that because if you met someone on the street a friend on the street and they started a sentence with did you hear you knew it was going to be somebody was somebody had died you know and in those days you could when AZT first came out you could tell the guys who were on AZT because they'd always get these weird at least the, the ones I know got these weird rosy cheeks rosy cheek AZT stuff and wow, yeah, wow. it was weird and then you yeah, know they were so so
0: scary and um sure. so, such a, a time in in history um and I hope we have advanced um with medicine for that so that it is shrunk and it is not as prevalent uh as it once was but you really were on the front lines there seeing it all weren't you
1: yeah it was at the beginning and you know don't forget at that time you didn't admit even that you knew someone who had AIDS or that you were it was a very weird time you know isn't like now someone says they have COVID it's like oh poor you you've got COVID yeah if you said to someone you got AIDS it's like don't touch me, don't oh. funeral homes would not bury guys within some funeral homes would not take them. Yeah. You know, and and Sam when he when he got sick, you know, he wanted no one to know. And there was what, like four of us in the group who knew how sick he was and that he was sick at all. And it wasn't until later Robert was much more open about it. Mm-hmm. But Sam didn't want anyone to know. Of course, people guessed but uh, it made it, it made it hard. And uh, for my life, because there's few of us who knew, you know, it kind of, it took, I didn't take care of, I didn't do daily caretaking stuff, but things like, you know, I'd call in the morning or he would call me. And it's like, yo, Sam, what, you know, what do you need to, what does, you know, what do you feel like eating anything I can bring over? And his voice got very long, very labored. It was very difficult for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd say bring, maybe bring. And finally he couldn't get it out. So I would, on my bicycle i'd hop and buy an assortment of whatever from mississippi mud pie to ginger from from chinatown and just bring oh. and he'd be like a kid like going through the bags with his fingers looking the bags oh these are nice
0: oh my gosh you brought such joy to him in those moments and thank you roberta for being there for him and with him and and I would love to get a bag you know a bag of goodies from Roberta anybody would um look at you you're beautiful and you're gorgeous and 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 um what a wonderful friend uh all the way uh, you are Roberta so thank you so much uh, for that um Roberta did you um did you write a book is there a book that you're writing on will it be available in the future would that yes look-
1: I finally after what 30 years uh wrote really wrote about that time with Sam and what he went through and what I went through and what he he asked me to do the promises I made to him at the end now when I I first wrote a a copy or well a draft whatever of this book back in Sam passed away in 1987 so in like 1989 I wrote it and I gave it to my new agent then at the time and she said well this is this is interesting but you have to name names. And I'm like, no. She said, no, you have to tell who these people are. You can't just have have it as a Romana Clay. I said, I can't do that. I said, I won't do it because it would have invaded Sam's privacy. It was And it was too raw for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Patricia uh, uh, Marisro wrote a book about Robert, Robert Mapplethorpe's biography, and Robert had put me on his his list and gave it to Patricia's people to interview. I didn't even talk to her. She called me up, and I said I can't, I can't talk. I because I felt like I knew too much
0: mm-hmm.
1: about things that had gone down right at the end when there were really there were the four. There was Robert, Jim Nelson, Sam's uh, live-in lover that Robert had sent to him, me, and uh, and Aaron Krantz, who is now who is a museum docent. And um, just a, a couple of uh, of other people who knew what was going, six of us maybe. And I couldn't say, Sam asked me to destroy photographs at the end, and I, I didn't want to talk about that, and I still don't want to talk about it. Yeah. So anyway, that was okay, a, I'm sorry, a roundabout way of saying I did that first draft. She wanted me to name names, my agent at the time, and I, I wouldn't do it. Finally, after 30 years. I'm doing it. And even at that, it's taking me forever <laughs> to do this.
0: I want to read I think- it. I, I buy it. Can I buy one of the first copies, Roberta? I can't wait to read it.
1: Thank you, of course. Um,
0: yeah. And um speaking of your I just speaking of your great books, I did I, I want to interject here, but in, our, in your while we're talking about your films, you I got this one, Invisible, Soft, Return. I recommend this. Uh, everybody, pick up a copy. You can get it at robertadagnor.com or on Amazon.com. It's a great technology. That's all I'm going to say. Kind of um, story, and it, it it'll grip you. You you're going to love it. And then also, until you see me, um, this is also an amazing read. And you write so beautifully, Roberta. Um, tell us tell us a little bit about about um those two books
1: Is- oh, gl- gladly i'm uh sorry for the um the first one invisible soft return um sat in a drawer the manuscript sat in a drawer for a couple of years because i thought no one would understand it um because it, it's about not really time travel and it, it but it involves that uh um, a woman has to redeem herself, and there's a cosmic gun pointed at her head. She's a, a, a miscreant writer in the in the 23rd century, uh, but it goes back and forth between I mean, her and Begines, who are some of my favorite people in the world. Begines were 13th century, 12th century, uh, semi nuns in the Low Countries in Belgium and things who were craftspeople. So I incorporate, we go back and forth in time. So that was cool. And that got a Lam- was up for a Lambda Literary Award. So yeah. that I enjoyed. Congratulations. Was influenced- yeah, thank you. And that was influenced by William Gaddis, a really cool writer who has not gotten the, the recognition that he's due. So there's that. And because of its kind of layeredness and, and comedy I put in it, as well as drama, people dying, but in a funny way. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. (laughs) So there's uh, uh, that. And then until you see me, um, I also have a script that goes along with this is that was one day I was back um, from New York visiting my uh, parents having speaking with again is like years after i had left the first time and I was looking through the paper the detroit whatever free press or something and there was this little article little squib about um winnie ruth judd notorious trunk murderess escapes again from uh, uh, the sanitarium in california <laughs> What are you talking about escapes again you know the notorious trunk murders from the 1930s escapes again <laughs> so I started researching <laughs> it. right always loving research whether it's academic or or for the uh ro- you know for the romances and she was incredible she she did escape from a lot of places but I I read all the microfiche at that time all the all the old films and uh, microfilms And I put another spin on it. Um, And it's the best log line I think I've ever had in my life. Why does a woman admit to a murder so heinous, the body can't even be identified as a man or a woman's because it's better than what she really did?
0: Wow. Uh, (laughs) That's got mystery all over it. And I love it. That's a
1: beautiful, beautiful log Mm -hmm. line. I think it's one of the best I've ever heard. Thank mm-hmm. you. One of the best. I've I've never had anything to compare. To that. <laughs> Thank you. Don't I
0: wish oh, you've got the top one there, Roberta? So there you go.
1: <laughs> right. got the top one, really. But it's it's. I mean, and it's not based on. It. It's inspired by her story, because this little tubercular woman, right, married to a much older um, doctor out in Arizona for the cure for tuberculosis, <sighs> admits to this heinous double murder. It's like who the heck does that? Yeah, so I does in, it. In, investigated and I put my spin out and, and I came up with why why someone would do that.
0: Amazing
1: than murder. Yeah. And you
0: can you can find out why in Until You See Me, Roberta Degnor's wonderful book. And yes, and and we're all asking those questions throughout life. Why? It's mm-hmm. a it's an incredible question. Um, My dad used to, you know, ask that he used to say why you know why are we fighting our German, you know, because we were British he was in our Royal Air Force, why are we fighting our German cousins, they're our brothers, why are we fighting them. So, um, such an incredible question so thank you Roberta for that. Um, I did want to go back to these great movie Posters we've got that you've got on here, Heat Beat and Hair Z. Let's talk about Heat Beat. And also afterwards, we'll talk about where everybody can see them as
1: well. So go ahead, take it away, Roberta. Um, right, uh, Heat Beat uh, I made with um, uh, Yuda Jensen, who is now deceased and she was the, or became after this film, uh, the film curator at uh, MoMA, at the Museum of Modern Art here in, uh, in New York yeah, uh uh lovely. We were good friends you know for for a while. but that that was cool because we filmed it all on Great Jones Street, not far from where Sam lived, and Robert had a, a studio in uh, Andy Warhol's studio was again on Great Jones. Um, we just filmed my friend Kevin Scanlon, the Glassblower, blowing glass and just having a music track over that by uh, Jerome Cooper. Who I dated a bunch of years ago from the revolutionary jazz ensemble. It was incredible. The first time I saw him at a performance in New York, his hands flew over the keyboard or the drums, whatever he was playing (laughs) at that time. You couldn't you couldn't see them. They were a blur. He was that fast. I was like, wow, it's terrific.
0: Really? Well,
1: Jerome's music, I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry, go ahead, Roberta. So that no,
1: Use Jerome's music for it.
0: That, that's how it all started then, right? So, yeah. Yeah. so here we are. Um, I mean, he had magical hands basically yeah. is what you're saying, right? Over yeah. instruments and he had this gift.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so you had a friend who blew glass and you can see a little bit of the glass blowing here. Um, you can see the fire and, and all of that. And it's beautiful, isn't it? Because it's artistry, right, Roberta?
1: Exactly. And it's funny now that you say it, I didn't I haven't thought about it in these terms, but these are two men that I knew with great hands, artist hands. One playing musical instruments, and my friend Kevin being a glassblower, actually, who can also to this day pick up any instrument and play it. So I don't just pick it up. You can pick up saxophone, hear a keyboard, incredible. So it was kind of a melding, and I honestly, God didn't think about that until just now. It was um, that kind of...
0: amazing, Kevin. I love that. So, hello, Kevin! Right? Shout out to Kevin,
1: <laughs> exactly to my and, kid. Yeah, and
0: keep doing your magical hands, Kevin. We uh, we appreciate you. So, he did the music for... No,
1: uh, Jerome Cooper, did the oh, music, yeah. and Kevin is the glassblower. Jerome is deceased, and uh, uh, okay. yeah, one of my you know, really, I couldn't believe I tried to find him again. It was like I saw the obit it's like that couldn't be the Jerome i know and it's like yeah it was and oh, yeah so sorry about that yeah.
0: Roberta. you know that's why i'm so grateful each and every day of what we have here on on the earth so yeah um yeah i i i, I feel you and i get you completely 100 percent yeah um so let's talk about switch over to hair z that's <laughs> about electrolysis is that right and this was like a really big thing I mean, I've had hairs where I've had to, you know, I mean, every woman has had a hair where it's come up somewhere and you have yep. to remove it, right? You have to
1: remove it, yeah. Okay, Especially cause... if you're Italian, like me, forget about
0: it. I'm Italian. I'm Italian. I'm eighteen 18.3% 18. Italian. So you're my <laughs> Italian sister. So I'm so thankful for that. And, um, that's why I love you so much as well, but uh, right, being Italian, you're going to have hairs right so what yeah. what does hair Z do
1: hairs is about electrolysis um, and you're right from from the time I was a kid not a kid, but as soon as they started to crop up my my grandma used to just like you know pluck her hairs, but my mother being a little more, she said, no, no, you have to have them removed. And that was when back in the day. It's a it's a wonder, it's really a wonder that a bunch of like little old Italian ladies didn't fry like and be electrocuted, because <laughs> they they had you put your hand as some little old lady in some you know in some walk up somewhere. This was in Detroit on Gratiot Avenue would have you lie down on a table and put your hand in a um, a bowl of water, your fingers in a bowl of, of water, and wow. then do the electrolysis, you know, a thin needle with electricity going through. It's like, holy cow. would looking very Frankenstein-like, really. Yes,
0: and this was big business though, right? I mean, a lot of people, did it have a little,
1: a lot of business there? Did a lot of I guess so. I mean, certainly within that, you know, the Italian family thing is, oh, yeah, Aunt Gilda goes to whatever, and your Aunt Nancy goes to whatever, you know. (laughs) And I didn't think about it for a a long time, because luckily they stayed away, whatever, you know, a few years I had stayed away. But when I was going to UCLA, and in the film, I was in the screenwriting program. But I really, you know, I crossed over into wanting to make film. And it's hard hard to do when you're in a big university if you've been accepted into one program you don't you know you don't really do a lot but I did I snuck into other classes Gil Cates's class and stuff yeah yeah. and and I I remember wow I remember editing hairs with my dog my my uh, lab my Labrador my white lab Uh, I would bring a pillow for her and she'd come we'd go in the editing rooms at UCLA and she'd she'd sleep and I'd edit my little brains out but what, what it is, is, you know, the, the beauty secret that dare not speak its name, hairs, get rid of that unsightly stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's stories, what I, I, I told them, there are stories I did in uh, um, electrolysis school in Long Beach in California, compared with um, a woman who's done electrolysis in New York, Italian woman in New York, for years and just to see the contrast with the school is very we're helping people out this is really good it changes your self-concept and then laura in new york saying yeah i just ripped them out like really <laughs> <Those people. laughs> i love <laughs> that too <laughs> so it's a it's it's a fun it's a fun piece about a semi-serial a serious subject i suppose yes. Hopefully you made the point, you know, I think so. I hope you, you enjoyed it. <laughs> so, I,
0: I enjoyed it. Hairs, uh, it's wonderful. And and you're right. It does. Um, I remember in one part of it, I think it. they say it builds confidence. And it is true because um, our looks, this world, we're all about looks, aren't we, yeah. Roberta? I mean, the fashion d- industry, you know, right?
1: Yeah, of course. And again, it's that back, it's that primitive um. uh uh, cognitive mechanism that we have you know we see whatever that visual thing is in in front of us along with scent uh, you know and 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 hearing and stuff creates uh, an emotional reaction in us and and absolutely it doesn't end yeah so yeah someone's got long hairs on them you're you're judging right away (laughs) that's true that is true yeah
0: um so how can people watch f-stop
1: heat beat and hairs um they're all there's links to all of them on uh my uh website yes there's they're on the imdb has hairs and it has f-stop uh Heatbeat is on uh f- there's a link to it i'm sorry yes. i forgot I iron something i'm so yeah excuse me no you're fine you're on camera <laughs> it's, it's there and if people search for it on google Um, something
0: will come up and now you were the director on each and every one of these isn't that right Roberta yes yes yeah and did you assemble your crew did you have a crew uh, the same production crew or was it you and your lab
1: (laughs) (laughs) me and my lab for editing for for sure but with (laughs) hairs it was a totally different crew in California Eric Trageser was the photographer Uh, than there was in um, in New York Oh, my God, I'm nervous. I'm in a black it. Um, it's okay. It's okay.
0: It's you, so you had different different people on your, yeah. on your crew. That's basically where where I'm going with this. and so that's wonderful. So you were the director and then you hired um, uh, your assistants and and all of that to support yeah. you. Wonderful, Clarissa,
1: I, Lo, uh, Car- Clarissa Los Reyes. That's who is in New York. Excuse me, Clarissa Los Reyes. Sorry.
0: <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. You got it in. That's great, yep. Roberta, Roberta. And um, and you did
1: you edit each and every one of these yourself? I I did hairs. I had I had help um, on hairs from Eric Craigusser. Uh, he great. really did a good job on on that. Um, F stop. I did uh, really alone, and and uh, and heat beat alone. So yeah, Harris, he. He helped, although I did all of the, the those uh, those privacy, those black um, uh, you know eye eye shades, the blacking out thing when people when people didn't want to be seen, and I, I was very proud of myself because that's hard to do from frame to frame to frame to keep that that black banded you know in sync. So how did I'm you do it? Did, it.
0: You, did you did black marker it each? How did you do it? How did you?
1: No, you did it digitally, you know, when you just put in the black thing and then you had to change the the uh, uh, edit points for each frame. You know, you had someone you'll see in the thing they're walking in bathing suits. So I put it, a, you know, in a comically processing. They move to the next frame. You have to take that that thing, that black box is going to stay there. You have to then reset it to follow the person into the next frame and on and on that was at that time that was a lot of work for me because i'm not an editor but that was fun
0: that's right <laughs> that you did it frame by frame and of course and please forgive me because of course it wouldn't be black marker I, how, how i edit it couldn't i could i don't use that but um, <laughs> yeah, right Yes, yeah, so vfx and and all of that editing exactly. and post production yeah. that's where it, that's yeah. where we do that. So, thank you for that, Roberta. And also, um, Roberta, there is a 1935 black and white movie named Roberta. It's a black and white, um, wonderful picture with starring Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers, Irene Dunn, and Randolph Scott. Yeah. Have, you, have you seen it? It's a glorious, glorious old Hollywood black and white, which I love.
1: I love old Hollywood. It's a beautiful movie. Have you seen it at all? Now, when I was a kid, I remember my mother talking about it. And I'm sure I saw, but I don't remember a thing about it. But I would, (laughs) now that you've mentioned it, I'm definitely going to try to find it on Netflix or somewhere and watch it. I mean, because there's very few things that are named Roberta. This is not a common name. Right?
0: Right. Yeah. True.
1: (laughs) I should watch that. And then I'll have to take. Fred Astaire, you know Ginger Rogers' le- lessons, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, that's right. But I love that your name, you you know that has your name on it, Roberta, because you Thank are you. a Hollywood uh, writer and a Hollywood star in my eyes. I just want to let you know that um, because you. you shine so bright, Roberta. I just want to let you know that I, you know, as my sister, I just I, I adore you.
1: Oh. Um, there's mm-hmm. only
0: there's mm-hmm. only one Roberta.
1: Wow, AJ, you're too, you're too kind. Thank you. Thank you so much for this and for this opportunity and everything you do. I appreciate it. Thank you. You
0: you deserve it. And you're so, you're so, um, so wonderful to talk to. You really are. And you're full of great stories. So you've traveled all over the world. I have to ask you, have you gone back to Italy?
1: Um, Not since COVID, not since the lockdown. But I've been to Italy a couple of times, and and that was funny. Before I went to Italy, my my grandmother would say because I as a kid, the first place I ever went was what Europe and into into Russia when it was when it was still the Soviet Union ages ago, and Africa and stuff. So you should go to Italy. I'm like, oh, grandma, you know, we're we're Americans, <laughs> and as soon as I then later after she was gone and everything. I stepped foot off that plane in Rome. And it was like, it was wow. physical. It was like, oh, my God, this is great. It just, I just resonated, but I could feel it. You know, I don't know if you felt that same way with going to Italy and being 18% <laughs> Italian, if you have that wow. resonance at all.
0: You know, I haven't been to Italy, but I love, I, I love Italian movies. And I love whenever there's Italy featured in any TV series, you know, like the White Lotus, the second season is based in, you know, Sicily and Italy. And I loved watching that, you know, the music, of course, you know, my, one of my, my favorite singers, Dina Martin,
1: Right? Oh, right, yes.
0: Dean Martin's daughter. So, yeah. of course, I—it's I, just so a part of me. So, I think I would have that same simpatico yeah. that you had when you stepped off in Rome, and you really felt it, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. And simpatico is a good word. Thank you for that. Perfect for it. That's exactly it. It's that. It, it, I was going to say ineffable, but you're right. That's a, a word to put to it—a simpatico kind of feeling. Just incredible and the great beauty of it i mean they said oh italian art and architecture is like good brief you know wow. just where did overwhelming. you go
0: where did you go do you mind sharing with us where you went in illinois uh, go- uh,
1: mo- mostly just rome i'm sorry mostly just rome and then taking the train uh up through bologna and to uh, it was it was in florence as well but through bologna and Good grief. What was that? Was that the end point at that trip? I'm trying to want to get uh trips confused. It was just terrific. I love taking the trains. Of course, trains in Europe are cooler than trains here, I mm-hmm. think. Yes. <laughs> and and how was the food? Oh, well, the food was great, of course. Except a, a, a few times when I asked for gnocchi. Gnocchi is my uh comfort food that my my grandmothers used to make. Um and I went to one place in, in Rome, and I must have looked stone tourist. And they came out with a plate of like little shells. Oh, I, you know, like shell pasta. Um, and, you know, I'm like, uh, it's no, yeah, 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 it's like, oh, you know, who do you think you're talking to? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Right, so that was one of the only the only times that was weird. but, oh, anyway, going, I've been to Venice, Bologna, yada, yada, Florence,, which uh, was terrific, and yeah uh, Florence, Venice, Rome, Bologna, someplace else. I've not been south, as you were saying to and Sicily looks fabulous. I've just not gone south at all,
0: amazing, amazing, you know, I did a little bit of a genealogy research, and um my family has light eyes, so I think we are from the northern set, yeah. northern part yeah. uh, of uh, Italy. So, but fascinating, and I love it. I love talking about it. So, thank you yeah. so much, Roberta. And Roberta, um, you know you've you've ridden motorcycles too. What what kind? Yes. What, was your, what was your bike? What, what kind was it?
1: I had a Kawasaki ZL six hundred. <laughs> <laughs> and what the and a white vanson jacket i love that jacket i wow. wish i still had it i wish i could still fit into it which would be even better but and what that 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 kawasaki the zl 600 was a ninja engine then you know the ninja bikes the ones that were the really racer ones you had to lean way over on it i didn't want to do that um in a cruiser frame so i could you could be you could sit up on it you know, in a cruiser frame, like a Harley or or whatever, same difference, but it had that big, not huge, but a uh, uh, 600cc engine.
0: Wow, fabulous, (laughs) and I bet it just purred down the street, and like you said, wearing that jacket, what fun, so much fun, oh gosh, I wish I could have been there with you and known you even longer Roberta because um you're so cool you, you, uh, and and you'll always be cool Roberta because you're a trendsetter that's that's
1: uh, you <laughs> yeah, thank you okay one one quick story when I was I was uh, teaching that I, I lived of course in downtown Manhattan in the, in the loft way you know down on the Bowery and I was teaching at Lehman College way up in the Bronx. So I would ride the bike over to the West side highway and then ride all, all the way up the West side highway to Lehman college. And one time there was, you know, my helmet and stuff, a car swerve was going to swerve in front of me. I screamed so loud through my closed helmet, the guy in the next car over here, like I could tell he heard me, he turned around. <laughs> it was like I thought, I thought I was a goner. <laughs> you know? <laughs> My gosh!
0: And so you basically we were screaming for your life, right? Yeah, your yeah, life. I
1: thought that was it, and you it. did
0: yeah yeah so, you, so you've conquered it already roberta. now we know the secret now we know how to do it <laughs> one hopes yeah right that's amazing that's wonderful well if um i'd love people to check out robertadegnor.com and they can see that white jacket and you on your motorcycle that's great. a great picture there um so roberta you know, the time has flown by and we're going to have to start wrapping it up. I'm so sorry. But if you wanted to share a special story or a shout out, um, I'd like to give you that opportunity. Then we're going to do our heart messages. Um, So over to you, Roberta, do you have a special shout out or something you'd like to
1: share? Um, Just uh, something, just the last thing on on the motorcycle thing. Not only was it it was sexy and fun that's you know great but also it was that feeling of competence this dangerous competence that you've conquered that that sense of control and that goes along with what it was going to say about my transformation of hiding myself in under a bunch of pseudonyms and hiding in characters and books what i've come to now with support of people like, like you and and, and and with Yvette Vargas and people who have, have confidence in me, I feel like I can expose myself a little more. I don't mean that in a bad way. So that's why I'm writing more essays on Substack and putting myself into books or being able to finish that memoir now that really talks about me instead of hiding Sam or Robert as characters and hiding, not hiding me as a character. And that's been a long time coming. You think I would have learned that some years before this as most people do
0: But yes yes so so true and i loved what you said um about that roberta um be who you are right live who you are authentically and i do want to say a very special thank you to yvette vargas because it was because of yvette yvette we love you it's because of you yvette that i met roberta so thanks to you very, very much, our beautiful sister, Yvette Vargas, of New Hollywood. Um, Roberta, how can people support you? How can they buy your books? How can they get in contact with you? It's roberta.degnor.com. Is that right? Uh,
1: yes, that's the uh, website. And then there's the, uh, I got, I've i forgotten which uh, address is on the website. There's an email address on the website. I think it's Um uh, yeah at gmail.com yeah that's it that's easy enough (laughs) sorry beautiful it's there and oh and also oh I know what I should mention I've been doing recently and again through Yvette getting me to some really lovely uh people I've been doing uh Instagrams and TikToks and uh YouTube shorts that have been doing I'm blown away they're taking off that's really hard. it's got it, the a couple have gone viral yeah. already. And I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. so that kind it's meant so much to have validation and support because like all of us, it's like, am I good enough? Do I fit in? Does anybody care? Just is, is anybody going to hear? We all need that support. We all need that. And I, I didn't realize how, you know, how much I needed. Yeah, I really did. And it it feels good to have a little confidence now to venture out a little farther.
0: Yeah. So you're on Instagram and TikTok mm-hmm. and those videos, they're wonderful. I love them, Roberta. You speak Thank eloquently you. and they're going viral. You're yeah. very popular. And I'm so thankful that you know you're you're here with me spending time you know I I want our relationship to continue forever I think I did I say that already that I want my that the only not enough (laughs) okay okay the one thing I'd love is to have our relationship endure and last forever the 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 test of time forever how about it Roberta what do you say
1: I'm I'm up for that and for a long one. And yes, we did say this, but I wanted to hear it again. Yes. <laughs> you needy friends, it's really a pain. Right?
0: <laughs> well, I'm sending you this and oh, a big you. hug thank as you, well. Babe. Roberta, so we love you so much. And, you. and Roberta, we're going to do our heart messages. Um, and what that is, is, you know, every week, um, e- each episode, uh, we share something that's important and personal to us for the world. Uh, what the how the world needs to change or you know something that's on our heart so um each week we do that i'm gonna go ahead and start with my heart message my heart message is um well it's it's basically what you said a moment ago live authentically and be yourself do not um time is of the essence and we really it goes so fast just like this podcast has gone so fast Um, live for, be who you are. Don't be afraid because there's always support and there's always people out there who will acknowledge you and recognize you. And Roberta, you're one of those who has loved on me and acknowledged me. And I feel seen because of you. And I want to thank you so much, my sister. You're absolutely, you know, you're right in my heart always. So thank you, Roberta. Over to you.
1: Oh, thank you for your generosity. And that's that's, that's difficult to follow. Fine, now you're going to get me choked up and then say, okay, over to you. <laughs> Thanks for that.
0: Well, I'll, uh, here's a bright light. Um, oh, I'm my gonna, goodness. I've got an idea right here. I've got an idea. Right. I know right. one thing. Roberta can make it flash nonstop. Wow.
1: Okay, over to you, Roberta. <laughs> okay, one thing I will jump off what you said, too, with... Um, Uh, Quoting Elvis Presley, don't be cruel, but to what I mean by that is, and what we were talking about before about the other, how we see people who look different than us or are the other, I I think it, it, it all starts with animals. The cruelty that we allow for animals, we will do to humans. Yes, You know, what, you know, what, what did people say about George Floyd? Oh, they treated him like an animal. Well, the freaking point is you don't treat animals like that. You don't treat sentient animals. And I think factory farming and what we're doing is immoral, is horrendous. It's a holocaust, and we don't, we don't want to see it. So uh, Tolstoy said it the best. That as long as there are slaughterhouses, there will be battlefields. What we do to fellow animals, we will do to human animals. So don't be, cruelty spreads, and we <laughs> stop it when we can. Okay, yes. I'm sorry, I'm off my soapbox now. <laughs> oh, it's
0: great. No, keep going because you're so right. Um, the world, it's 2023. We need to be woken up on this. This is every part of uh every human being has a responsibility, and you're absolutely right. Animals are our friends. I believe they're angels. I believe they're angels on a mission, and they're here to help us. And you know, they have feelings and they love and they have emotions and they have spirits so we need to respect them also just like all living creatures right
1: Roberta exactly I mean if you can you know step on a snake if you can you know cut a dog's throat, you can do that to your wife you can do that to your husband or your kid that is it's not a far leap if you can kill you can kill it doesn't matter what you're killing Uh or, or abusing you know that's it spreads abuse right. spreads.
0: And that right. is a dangerous, it's a dangerous uh, path to take. And so we've got to, we've got to put an end to it, right? Roberta, it's got to, got to change.
1: Yep, got to change. There's no excuse anymore. There are plant alternatives. There's no excuse for factory farming. I mean, it's horrific, horrific conditions. Okay, I'll stop. Thank you. That's my heart message. We all be a little kinder to ourselves and trust ourselves and kinder to the earth and to the, our fellow animals you know our fellow beings i shouldn't even say fellow beings we're all in this together this is the only planet we got right and we're Mm -hmm. destroying it so all right i'll stop with the soapbox
0: oh uh, roberta keep going we love it because (laughs) we need to hear it and it's so true you speak the truth and um you speak it so well and and any final thoughts i'm going to do it that i i told her that i wouldn't do it anymore but i'm going to do a final thoughts any final thoughts roberta
1: That I think, you know, that was at this, you know, kindness extends throughout the world, not just person to person, to objects, to the planet, to other animals. So that's it. And friends. And (laughs) friends
0: as well. Thank you so much, Roberta. And okay, so until next time, thank you, Roberta, for being a wonderful. A wonderful special VIP guest here with me. And I'm going to say au revoir And it's actually Arrivederci, is that right?
1: Arrivederci, see. Sì.
0: Arrivederci <laughs> to my sister Roberta, who I love. Arrivederci. domani. Arri- uh, molto bello. Molto bello. <laughs> molto That's bello what you me.
1: are.
0: You're my molto bello.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Grazie. <laughs> Thank you, AJ. Thank you so much for everything.
0: Thank you, Roberta, and until we meet again, stay in touch, and we love you all. Bye-bye.